Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Med Locket. Maria here. A couple days ago, I was talking to my clinical skill coaches. It was actually a group of us. It was our clinical skills group and our coaches were there. And since it was our last day, it was a very sentimental day for us. We all at the beginning of the year decided to predict what specialty we were going to choose and then we decided at this time that we were going to release that information and kind of see if our predictions rang true like now that we know each other better does it still make sense and see if like we were on the same page as to like what specialty we thought our peers were going to go to um so after we did all that we turned to our coaches and we're like did you guys know at this point of your medical school journey what career you were gonna have or like what field you were gonna be interested in were you close like was your prediction close and at that moment both of our clinical skills coaches shared with us that they both chose a career one chose a residency and decided halfway through it hey this is something that i don't want to do anymore another one finished residency and chose a fellowship that she was like mm, this isn't it they both quit in the middle of something that they thought they wanted and they were okay. (laughs) And that was the moral, that they were okay. And it reminded me of my undergraduate journey. I was gung-ho set to become a physician scientist. You couldn't tell me anything. I was gonna pursue an MD, PhD degree. And I remember after years of research, understanding what an MD, PhD meant and realizing that it wasn't what I wanted for my life and thinking, oh my goodness, I spent all this time pursuing something, you know, I need to stick stick with it. This is something that I said I was going to do. I have to stick with it. But what I realized was that sometimes it's okay to let things go. I was in love with this idea of what this degree was going to be, what this career was going to be and the more I explored it the more I realized hey it's it's not (laughs) it's not what I think it is it's not for me and I think sometimes whether it be in our friendships our relationships our career we invest so much into it and there'll be signs that yo this isn't it this isn't it, this isn't it, and we'll want to hold on to it because we invested our time, we invested our energy. But sometimes you just gotta let it go. You just gotta let it go because some experiences are just that. They're experiences, they're things that help us grow, they're seasonal things, they don't have to be forever things. Um, and that's that's kind of how my undergraduate research experience was. It didn't play the role that I thought it was going to play, but it played an important role in molding me into the person that I am today and allowing me to see things that I wouldn't have seen or experienced otherwise. So I just kind of want to first just talk about my undergraduate research experience and then kind of just give you guys tips on how to get involved in research as an undergraduate student. So my interest in research began my sophomore year. I was in a chemistry lab and it was the first lab that kind of just gave us problems and was like, okay, this is a problem. You have the tools, solve it. Everything that I was used to before that was more, I'm going to walk you through it step by step and you just need to do the steps. Just follow the instructions and you'll get there. But this one was giving us more autonomy and was allowing us to 
work through it and figure out our own ways to find a solution. And I like that like train of thinking. I like thinking in that way. I liked using my brain to come up with those steps. And I was like, okay, you know, this is kind of cool. Um, and RTA was just talking about her research experiences. And I was like, wait, I like this. And what she's talking about sounds kind of interesting. So maybe, you know, research is something that I want to do. This sounds pretty cool. So me being the person that I am, I just started looking up different information on what research was and how research was important in medicine and the link between research and medicine. And I found out a lot about um, translational research, bedside research. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I want to get involved in research. So the first thing I did was I went to my pre-med counselor and she just told me about a few of the programs at my school um, for people interested in research. And since I didn't have any experience prior to that, um, emailing the different professors, my school's kind of small on the medical research side. So I emailed a few people and no one really got back to me. So my pre-med counselor also gave me information um, to this research center close to our school. So I started emailing people there and someone got back to me um, about an internship at that research center. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't have a project there. It was kind of just like dipping my foot in the water. Um, I went to that center once a week and I just kind of saw what he, what, 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 what they did over there. Um, I shadowed um, Dr. JP, really, really cool guy. And he just taught me about the different things that they did in lab and like talked about his research and allowed me to be involved. Um, <laughs> I got to freeze brains. It was actually really cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, but that was my dip into research. And I just want to take this moment to say that sometimes your first experience in research isn't a big project or isn't something big. Um, sometimes it's doing chores around the lab or shadowing someone. Although this doesn't seem big, it's still exposure. Because after I had this experience, I went back and I emailed the same set of people that I emailed before, the PIs at my school, and they were more receptive to me now that I had a little bit of exposure in a lab. So I think that it's important to not shut down opportunities that don't seem like they're going to be fruitful as far as developing a project or working on a project, but to be open to these things because they can lead to bigger opportunities in the future. So I ended up finding out about a program at our school for students that gave them the opportunity to work with PIs and come up with a project and then present the project at the end of the year. So the thing about this and applying to this was that I needed to identify my own PI and together we had to come up with a project. Um, and what I actually loved about this was that it gave me it gave me the voice or it gave me the words to ask for what I wanted. Um, it gave me the framework to ask for what I wanted. So I was able to go to PIs and say, this is exactly what I need. Um, 
are you open to helping me with this? And I think that it was really, really good because I did not know um, how to ask to be a part of a project. And I think having that program and saying that this is something that I want to be a part of allowed me to do that. Um, So the expectations that I had for my PI were set from the get-go and the expectations that they had for me was set from the get-go as well. So it was a really nice package and it really helped set everything together. So I met with that PI before um, I left to do a summer program um, at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. Um, It's called Paradigm. Please apply. Best program ever. Shameless plug. Um, So I went to Birmingham for the summer um, for this program called Paradigm. Um, It's an interesting acronym. Shout out to Jackie and Dr. Laurent, (laughs) because I still don't really know what it stands for. Like, I really actually have to look it up to figure out what it stands for. Um, But I know somewhere in there, there's undergraduate. No, 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 it's not undergraduate. It's graduate um, medical education. It's one of those acronyms that is like letters in between the words create the actual word. Um, So it's actually very complicated. But again, I love the program. It was a really amazing program to be a part of. Um, But the framework, see, this is a beautiful thing about pre-made programs. They set up a framework for you to already have something and then you can build up on top of that. So the way that this program worked was since it was a program for people interested in MD, PhD degrees, they try to expose us to that to the best of their ability. So we all were assigned a lab. Um, So we spent a majority of our lab there. So we had a mentor, a lab mentor, and then we had a clinical mentor. And our clinical mentor, we spent one day with our clinical mentor in clinic, learning from them, shadowing them. And most of our clinical mentors were actually physician scientists as well. So we got to learn from them firsthand what their life was like. Um, But in addition to that, the program, the summer program did so much more. We had different seminars. We had physicians come in and talk to us. We had MCAT classes and we just had the opportunity to shadow different fields that we were interested in. At the beginning of the year, we were given a sheet of physicians that were open to have students shadow them and honestly a lot of students took advantage of that because shadowing sometimes can be hard if you don't know people in in a hospital system it's hard to reach out and find someone who's open and willing to have you shadow them so this program kind of gave me that opportunity to shadow physicians so the first year I was in a lab um It was a physical therapy lab. It was more clinical research, which was different from what I was expecting. I, wanting wanting to pursue this MD-PhD, I was kind of very determined to do basic science. So I wanted a basic science project, but for some reason that didn't really work out this year. So I ended up in a clinical lab, which I actually, looking back in retrospect, I think that that was the best thing possible because it taught me so much and I was able to do what I love doing. I got to work with people. So basically it was a lab um, that helped to rehabilitate people post-stroke. So I got to work with some amazing PhD candidates and amazing post-stroke individuals. 
on their journeys. And I, I thought that was an amazing privilege to be a part of that. It was a vulnerable space to be in and I loved it. Um, so I would be in lab for four and a half days of the week and then I would have a half day where I would shadow a physician scientist. So I ended up shadowing a neurologist who was a MD, PhD. And the cool thing about this summer program is that you can be invited to return the following year. So I returned the following year and I had a better understanding of what I wanted from the year. So I was able to ask for those things. Um, so I asked to be in a basic science lab. I specifically asked to be in my clinical mentors lab. So the neurologist that I shadowed the year prior, I asked to be in her lab. So now she was my research mentor and my clinical mentor. So I got to see her and how she managed both sides of her career, which was an amazing opportunity. Um, and I saw that she spent a majority of her time in, in lab. Um, and that was cool and that's what worked for her. Um, but I saw that that's not what I wanted. I wanted a life similar to what I experienced the prior year where I got to be with patients a majority of my time and I got to see people and help those people. Um, so that played a big role in showing me what I wanted and what I didn't want. But I'm gonna keep my story short and maybe go into more depth later. Um, this wasn't that short actually. So shout out to everyone who's made it this far. You guys are real. Um, but I really wanna make sure to give you guys tips on how to get involved in research as an undergraduate student and tips while you're involved in research to optimize your undergraduate research experience. Tip number one, I've kind of mentioned this earlier, but my first tip would be to apply to a research program. I think that the beautiful thing about research programs is that the people that are leading it already know what to do to optimize your experience. So there's a framework in place already. So I think that being a part of a pre-made research program helps you. So the one that I did at my school, it was helpful to have that because it set expectations for my research mentor. It set expectations for my project. And for people who don't necessarily know how to verbalize exactly what they want from a research experience, it helps you learn how to verbalize that in the future. And it makes sure that even though you don't know how to verbalize that now, you won't lose out because the program will verbalize that for you. Tip number two would be to apply for programs directly for your level of experience. So for example, um, I did different summer programs throughout college and the first program that I did wasn't necessarily research related, but it did help me in the future when I was looking for research experiences. Um, the program that I'm talking about that I did during my freshman summer was called SMDEP at that time. Um, now it's called SHPEP, but the purpose of this program is to expose you to different careers and um, you get to network with different health professionals, different students, and through that exposure, you learn about what you want to pursue and what you need to do to get to the spaces that you want to be in. For example, if you wanna go into medical school, what experiences do you need, how to get involved in research. So I would emphasize applying for programs like that. SMDEP, I mean, SHPEP now, 
um, is a summer program for freshmen students and sophomore students. So I'd recommend that to any freshman or sophomore looking for summer programs or looking for places to get started. Tip number four would be to apply to UAB's Paradigm slash SIP program. Um, I'm kidding, but I'm so serious. That program's the best program ever. But other than that, there are a lot of summer research programs. So I guess the real tip is to apply to as many summer research programs as possible. Cast a wide net and see what programs you get yourself into. And then when you see what you get yourself into, um, kind of look at the package deal. Um, what I noticed was that a lot of schools offer different types of stipends, and sometimes higher stipends look attractive, but it might not be the best deal. For example, let's say that one school has a $6,000 stipend and the other school has a $3,000 stipend. The $6,000 stipend might be in an area that has expensive costs of living and does not cover accommodation. And it just might be a research program and that's all that it offers you. While the $3,000 program might have accommodation, an MCAT prep class and give you free books, might pay for you to go to a conference, all inclusive. So you have to look at all the factors of a program when applying to the program. And to continue on this, there are a lot of opportunities to do research and be funded. I would encourage anyone looking for research experiences to find ways to fund your research experiences because I know a lot of people have to work while they're in college, but if you can find a way to kill two birds with one stone and get money while getting that experience, it kind of optimizes your time. Tip number four is to look on the website of whatever program you're applying to. One of the tips that a colleague gave me during one of the summer programs I was in was that she would go to the website for the program that she was applying to and she would look for qualities that they stated that they were looking for in students and she would tailor her application to highlight those qualities. And that's not saying that she's lying or she's presenting a false front. But she knew that in order to optimize the chances of her getting accepted into certain programs, she had to portray herself in a certain light. And it worked for her. She was able to get more acceptances to programs because she showed parts of herself that the school was looking for and she highlighted those parts. So that would be my next tip. Tip number five is to meet with your PI at the beginning of your experience and lay down expectations. Ask your PI, what are your expectations of me? What would you like me to do? I think that this is very important because it sets the stage. I think that communication is a big part of research and a big part of being in a team. So making sure early on that you set those expectations um, makes for a good research experience. And after you set those expectations, make sure that you're checking in with your PI and getting feedback on what you can do better, what you've been doing good already, just so that you grow. Like this experience is supposed to be an experience that makes you a better scientist. So constantly getting that feedback helps towards that goal. Tip number six is to take notes. When you start in a new lab, it can be very overwhelming, but making sure that when someone tells you something once, whether it be a location or how to do something, that you have notes on that helps the process become a lot easier. Our last and final tip is to take 
opportunities to travel and go to conferences and present your research. Presenting your research gives you the opportunity to piece together everything that you've been doing in your project and come up with a story. It makes sure that you have a good understanding, a good grip on the research that you're doing, uh, and it helps you practice your public speaking skills. It's an amazing opportunity to meet professionals in your field and to learn about the research that other people are doing that are similar, that is similar to yours. So if you have the opportunity to present, please, please do. And it's, it's easy to look up different opportunities. A lot of schools have end of the year um, expositions to present. A lot of conferences offer travel scholarships. A lot of schools give you opportunities to get travel scholarships. So these are all things that you can look into applying to you. So these are the tips that I have for undergraduate students interested in research. As always, make sure to follow us on The Med Locket, and we will have podcast episodes every second and fourth Friday for the rest of this year, which is, <laughs> we have two, two more episodes this year. The year's coming to an end, which means that Tammy and I are ever so close to taking step one. I'm taking step one in January, <laughs> late January, and Tammy's taking it, she's still deciding. So pray for us, guys, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye.